0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Plain Sense podcast, where its purpose is to make the life changing word of God understandable and accessible to all. In today's episode, I want to talk about the fascinating theme or topic. What is the purpose of Christmas? What is the purpose of Christmas? It is fascinating as I read Isaiah 9, verse 6. The text says, For a child will be born for us. Isaiah speaking in the context. For a child will be born for us. But notice the next line. A son will be given to us. A child will be born for us. A son will be given to us, will be given to us. Christ is given to offer salvation. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the purpose of Christmas, and I hope that you will be blessed through this podcast, you'll be blessed through this ministry, and I ask you to pray for the Plain Sense podcast. Please stay tuned. One of the seven words said by Christ on the cross is, It is finished. It is finished. We have heard it many times, but what does it mean by it is finished? And how is that or how is this statement related to Christmas? So like I just said, we heard this term, it is finished uh, several times. And what does it mean? Is that a cry out of defeat? Is that why Christ came to utter those words? Yes. Is that all? No. But what does it mean? It is a cry of triumph. Christ came to the world with a purpose. And we will see briefly what those purposes are. But he came to this world with a purpose. And when he had accomplished all that he had accomplished, he uttered those words, It is finished. So Christ came to this world to do the will of the Father, to do the mission that is, that is assigned to him, to fulfill the mission, and thus he said, it is finished. The mission is completed. So the, when Christ cried from the cross, it is finished. It is not the cry of defeat. Or, is he, or was he saying that, Father, help me, Eloi, Eloi, lama Sabakhtani, my Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I need your help, come help me, I'm, I'm in trouble. No, that is not the cry, but it is the cry of victory, it is the cry of triumph. So Christ came to this world to give his life, not only just to give his life, but through his death to give Life for those who believe in him, that is life eternal. So why did Christ come? To offer eternal life through his death. Christ came to accomplish his mission. He came to accomplish his mission. So what is his mission? There are few that we can discuss. There are few that I can discuss, that I can, I can present, but it's going to take for hours and hours. So I'm going to briefly summarize some main points the mission of Christ, what's the mission of Christ? His mission is to share the good news according to Isaiah 61. Christ came to preach the gospel, to share the good news. That's what it means, to share the good news is to preach the gospel. In Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, we also notice the other uh, missions, other work, other tasks that Christ was told that Christ would be doing. But when we see the Gospel of Luke, Christ takes the scroll of Isaiah and he only reads the first part of what was said in Isaiah 61, 1 to 2b, or 1 to 3, and he closes the scroll and gives it back and he will not finish reading the second part. Why is that he didn't finish the second part? Because he completed the first mission, that is, he came to share the gospel. The second mission is about vengeance. That is not yet done, but that will be done in future. So Christ came, according to Isaiah 61, 1-2b, to share the good news. Christ came, according to Luke 19, 10, to seek and save the lost, Christ came according to Luke 7:48 to offer forgiveness for sins of the mankind. These are all his missions and Christ came to offer eternal life for those who believe in him according to John 3:16 that whosoever 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 meaning anyone whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. The brief way of saying Christ's mission is to he came to share the good news he came to seek and save the lost he came to forgive sins of mankind he came to offer eternal life for those who believe in him some skeptics might say how can a mere human offer life that's true human cannot offer life only God can offer life Christ is not just human but he's also God And so he forgives sins. And we have many examples from the scripture. He said to the woman in John, according to John, Gospel of John 11, 25, 26, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Because there is life after death. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. That is even a stronger term that Christ used. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who believes, who lives and believes in me will never die. And he asks the woman, do you believe this? And we see the paralytic story, Mark 2, 3-7. They came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him and after digging through it, They lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts. Obviously, Christ is sovereign. Christ is omniscient. So he knows what's going on in the hearts. And they questioned in their hearts, saying, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Obviously, that is their favorite term, and they continue to say, who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, Christ was making a point, right? Christ is God, and so he's able to forgive sins, and God can only forgive sins. In John 14, 6, Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, in 11, 26, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Christ is the life. He came to give eternal, everlasting life for those who believe in him. 14, 6, Christ said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. In order to give this life, that is the life eternal, Christ came, he was born. The account of birth in the Gospel of Matthew says this, the birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After His mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. It was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Now notice the emphasis placed on the word order. The emphasis placed the birth of Jesus Christ, Messiah, Messiah, or the Anointed One. How did it happen? Before Christ was born, Mary was engaged to Joseph. Even before they came together, uh, they came to know that Mary was pregnant from the Holy Spirit according to the text. So what we see here is Christ's birth is a miraculous birth, or was a miraculous birth, and still is a miraculous birth. There is a Jewish custom that we need to understand here. R.D. France, from his commentary, the Gospel of Matthew, in the New International Commentary, says, "...though the couple were not yet living together, it was a binding contract entered into before witnesses which could be terminated only by death." which would leave the woman a widow, or by divorce, as if for a full marriage. In Mishnah, Vot, four 4.2, the narrative says, this is again Hebrew writings, Mishnah, the, the text of Mishnah Ketuvot says, He who betroths his daughter, and he, the husband, divorced her, and he, the father, betrothed her, and she was widowed, her marriage contract in both instances belongs to him, the father, and if the father married her off, however, and he, the husband, divorced her, he, the father, married her off and she was widowed, her marriage contracts belongs to her. The first marriage contract's payoff belongs to the father. They said to him, once he has actually married her off, not merely betrothed her, the father has no dominion over her. There is a, a form of Jewish Jewish custom that we don't know if we, if we, if we don't read Extra biblical literature we can't find out about the custom unless uh, we, we we read about Jewish customs in books that actually present the customs during, during the ancient world. Then there is a Jewish custom that we also need to under, understand that is about a year after engagement, based again, based on Ketub, Mishnah Ketub 5.2, the woman then aged normally about 13 or 14, would leave her father's home and go to live with the husband in a public ceremony. This is a later on event. In Mishnah 5.2, the narrative says, They give a virgin 12 months to provide for herself from the time that the husband has demanded her. And just as they give a time of preparation to the woman, so they give a time of preparation to a man to provide for himself. This is from Mishnah. So what we see in the following chapter in Matthew chapter 1 is Joseph considers to divorce Mary. The text says in 19, so her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. Now, why divorce without a marriage? According to the law, this is wrong, right? Because that a woman becoming pregnant before marriage is wrong. The extra biblical literature gives us an idea of the law that was observed during that time. So during the first century time, the death penalty that was proposed by the Old Testament was not followed. The Romans removed that practice and divorce became sort of normal thing. But Joseph was a righteous man, meaning he was a law-abiding man. He thought that he had to bring Mary before the council and address the matter, which may have caused serious issues. So he sought, or he thought, to secretly divorce her. What we can see here in the act of Joseph is grace. He did not want to, or he did not desire to humiliate Mary or cause a death issue. According to Mishnahic literature, in Sotah 1.4, the narrative says, they would bring her up, that is whoever done wrong, Bring her up to the high court, which is in Jerusalem, and admonish her as they admonish witnesses in the capital crime. They say to her, My daughter, much is done by one, much is done by joking around, much is done by kidding, much is done by bad friends. For the sake of the great name which is written in holiness, do it so that it will not be blotted out by water. And they tell her things which neither she nor the family of her father's house should be hearing. We see Joseph's grace there. He decides to divorce, but then we also see his grace. And then what happens in the following chapter, there's an intercession with of the angel of the Lord. This is really fascinating to me. Whenever I read the text in the Old Testament, especially when the text says the angel of the Lord, for me, this is none other than Christ himself. It is none other than Christ himself. But here I won't go into details. I'll just say the intercession of the angel of the Lord. So the text says, But after the, after he had considered these things, that is, after Joseph thought about divorce, after Joseph thought that he would secretly divorce her, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because... <laughs> we see the purpose, the beauty of Christ's birth. Here it is, because... He will save his people from what? From their sins. He will save his people from their sins. The Christ came to offer salvation, to save the lost. Not only here we see that in the text that the angel encouraged Joseph not to divorce Mary, but also gave the facts that she is conceived from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and that he has to name him Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Why Jesus? I love this phrase. The angel says that he will save his people from their sins. Because of this, you would name him Jesus. Yeshua or Joshua means salvation. So Jesus means salvation. So the purpose of his coming to this world, the angel said that because he will save his people from their sins, so the purpose, according to this verse, is that Christ will save His people from their sins. So, who are His people? Anybody, anyone who believes in Him. I don't want to get into the doctrine of elect here, but anyone who believes in, in, in Him, or His people, anyone who hears His voice, or His people. So basically, those who believe in Him. I just said I don't want to go into the doctrine of uh, elect or election, but I'm I'm going to say a word here. Who are the elect? How do I know who are the elect? For me, everyone who believes in Christ are the elect. We don't know the number. So let's stop worrying about who are the elect. And as we read forth the following verses, we see the fulfillment of prophecy. Of course, we see it two or three times in the same passage. We see the uh, fulfillment of prophecy. Now, all this took place. That is the angel coming and talking to Joseph in the dream and so forth. Everything else, all this took place. Place that is the virgin birth and so forth to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord. The message, the origin of the message is from the Lord through the prophet. Prophet is an agent. So it came from the Lord through a prophet, through his agent. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. In 24, Matthew one twenty-four. The text says, When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Matthew opens up his account by quoting the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. He uses the term Emmanuel, God with us. And he also concludes his account with the words of Christ saying, Lo, I am with you. This is just fascinating. And as we read forth into chapter 2 of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, we see the visit from the wise men. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, the wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. They arrived in Jerusalem saying, What? Where is he who has been born King of Jews? For we saw his star, it is rising, and have come to worship him. <laughs> this just this is just even just a beautiful question. I mean, if you look at the text, notice what they're saying. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men, how many men, we don't know, but tradition says three. I don't know where they got it from. But wise men from the east, most probably, probably from Babylon, arrived in Jerusalem, that's a long trip, saying This is what they asked as soon as they came into Jerusalem. They said, where is he who has been born of King of Jews? Where in Jerusalem? We don't know. Probably in just Jerusalem, they asked, where is he who has been born of King of Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. This is even beautiful. They came to what? Not to just say hi, but to worship him. God deserves worship. That comes from a pure heart. So here, after Jesus was born, that indicates that an uncertain time, we don't know the specific, but an uncertain time. So Matthew says, after the birth event was completed, which happened during the time of King Herod, wise men from the east came. And they asked a question when they came to Jerusalem, the city of David, where is he who has been born King of Jews? It is just amazing how the wise men stated that they were in search for the King of Jews. How do they know that there is someone who is born king of Jews? This is just incredible. This is amazing if you think about it. How? But they know that there is someone who is born king of Jews. However, they not only asked the question, but they also gave the purpose. There is a purpose clause in this verse. The purpose is uh, for their visit, that is, to worship him, to worship the Savior. Now, if we notice here closely... The wise men were not Jews. The wise men were not Jews. They were Gentiles. Pagans, maybe. Gentiles. However, the coming of the Christ or the purpose of his birth is not restricted to his own people or just it is a, a national event, but it is international. It is universal. These Gentiles came a long way to to worship the king of kings and lord of lords. These Gentiles believe that the king of Jews was born. So they came from the east. What a fascinating truth. They worshipped. Who would be worshipped? Some little boy? No. They know the truth. They know the facts that there is a boy that is born. A boy named Jesus. He is the king of Jews. And he was worshipped by these Gentiles. God's mission is not narrow-focused. It is universal. His mission's focus is broader. It is global. Then what happens after that? The birth of Jesus brought some trouble. This is even interesting. Like, the reason why I said it is finished. Remember at the beginning of the podcast? The birth of Jesus brought trouble. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed. I mean, there was no peace in little Herod's head. And all Jerusalem with him. This is even something else. It is not just Herod who didn't have peace. He was deeply disturbed and also all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. They said in Bethlehem of Judea. Because this is what was written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Because out of you will come a ruler. Where is the king of Jews? And now, because out of you, Bethlehem, will come a ruler, who will shepherd my people Israel. I think what we can notice here is some of a contrasting words, right? Because of the, you will become a ruler. Obviously, when we, when we think about ruler, we picture someone who is in highest authority. And then the next line says, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Shepherd, meaning he is caring. King Herod, when he heard the news, he was disturbed. <laughs> he was probably thinking, a king beside of me? No, not when Herod is round. And it's not just him again, all Jerusalem. So if you look from the intertestamental period, that is the 400 years or so of silence, there was, based on the literature of intertestamental period, there was an expectation for a king. Expectation for a king. And here, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew opens up his Gospel representing Christ as the King of Jews. It is just amazing. Who wrote what Gospel first, Matthew or Mark, doesn't matter. So when Herod heard, he gathered his men, priests and scribes, and asked him where Christ would be born. Hmm, that is even interesting because Herod asked, "Where would? where is Christ? Does Herod recognize that the king of Jews is Christ? How do you know about Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah? <laughs> he asked, where is Christ, the anointed one, would be born? There is a sense of recognition. Herod had some sort of sense of recognition. There is something going on in Herod's mind that he knew that there, there really is the anointed one who was just born. And we see that in the same passage, there is a fulfillment, not only from the, from the prophecy of Isaiah, but also from Micah. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told, because this is what was written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then comes the manipulative plot of Herod. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them, to ex- ask them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. Of course, we know that Herod was not intending to worship Christ, but he was trying to be manipulative. And then there is the text in chapter, in verses 9, the depart, departure of the wise men and also their worship. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped about the place where the child was. When, the, when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother and falling to their knees. That is the act of worship. Falling to their knees, they worshipped him. That is a form of complete worship, to fall at the feet. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in the dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. So the purpose of why these Gentiles came was fulfilled. They came, they found, they worshipped the Savior at his birth, and they returned to their country. As we continue the chapter, we see there is a plot to kill Jesus. He came, Christ. He did his part one. The mission. He still needs to do part two. But he accomplished the first part. And he cried out the, the, the words of triumph, it is finished. Even beginning at his birth, there is plot, there is danger for his life. The plot to kill Jesus, what what this means is that killing Jesus was sought from the beginning of his birth. However, However, God did not let that happen until his mission is completed. After they were gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to do what? To kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death. So that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Third time the prophecy is fulfilled. God called His Son out of Egypt. Matthew 118 to 215 What did we learn? What is the purpose of Christmas? What is the mission of Christ? Christ came to accomplish the mission Father has set for Him, that is to save the mankind, to offer forgiveness for sin, to provide eternal life. When Christ accomplished all that, It is then, he said, it is finished. Christ provided forgiveness of sins and eternal life by shedding his blood on the cross, by saying that it is finished. Christ accomplished his first mission, to share the good news, to offer forgiveness for our sins, to provide eternal life for those who believe in him and his promise that he's going to come back. So what we see in this passage is a promised his birth was promised according to Isaiah 7.14. His birth was pure from the Holy Spirit. It also emphasized the role of Holy Spirit in creation and also giving life. His birth was powerful. He was worshipped by the Gentiles. Wise men coming from the East and searched for Him and worshipped Him. His birth was planned, Isaiah 9.6, that his, his birth would change the world. His birth was not only promised or pure or powerful or planned, but also purposeful birth. He came to save the lost. Do you believe in Christ? Do you want eternal life that Christ came to give? If you do, receive Christ in your heart and receive the gift of eternal life because the life eternal or the gift eternal life is Christ's gift. Christ the Supreme King, King of kings, Lord of lords, left his majestic heavenly place and came to the earth born in a nasty place, a place where we may not want anyone to be born, but by his birth he showed humbleness. King of the entire creation came to this world and was born in a dirty place. Nobody even gave him a room, a space, a place. (laughs) When he owns the entire universe, That is the beauty of Christ. Understand how humble Christ is. He is offering eternal life. He is offering forgiveness of sins. He is offering salvation. By Christ being born in a lowly place, who has come from a heavenly place, it shows His humbleness. He came to save the world he said whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life that is a promise that is not a simple statement it is a promise and a fact for those does not believe in Christ yet I ask you to please make decision I even don't like to say that please make a decision I like to say please believe in Christ because he is true God who can forgive sins but God who can save mankind from their sins but God for those christians who are not sure about your christian life rededicate your life to christ our friends christ came so that we may live with him forever christ came to this world so that we may live with him forever merry christmas to you all worship the lord with all your heart may god bless you